Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Alright everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot. Yo, yo, yo. And Johnson. Scoot, feel free to join first two sentences. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. All right, all right, all right, all right. It was a tough loss. It was a tough loss. West Virginia loses to Oklahoma, a game where West Virginia led the whole game except when the clock hit all zeros in the fourth. Oklahoma wins on a field goal, 16-13. to If you bet the spread for West Virginia like I did, you made some money. But other than that, it kind of stunk, guys. Well... Uh, I mean, I predicted this loss, so I did see this coming. Uh, I'm, I'm baffled, fellas. I am baffled yeah. by the use. And I know, I think I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. Scripted plays look great when we have to do something a little different after the first series or so. Gets a little strange for us. And I don't know why that is. So, Johnson, I'm going to go down this path, and you and I talked a little bit about this earlier before we started the show. I'm going to go down this path where we've spent the last month talking about Jarrett Dagey and Garrett Green, and we want Garrett Green and we don't want Jarrett Dagey, or Jarrett Dagey's going to do better, or whatever it might be. I actually have come, this game, I think, has made me, or at least makes me feel like I've come to the realization of... It may not be just Derek Dagey and Garrett Green. I think this is an offensive problem. I mean, you can't have Letty Brown only have 58 yards and expect to win a game. So this isn't just Jarrett Dagey. This isn't just Garrett Green. This is offensive line. This is Letty Brown. This is offensive play calling. This is a lot of things. It's not just the one thing. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, and I, you started to say that earlier and I totally get that sentiment. I I also get like, so since that game ended last night, I, I also get the sentiment that, uh, Hey, we were 16 and a half. What, what was it all, you know, 18, 16 and a half, something like that. 16 and a half. It fluctuated, but dogs. And here we are losing, last second field goal to the number four team. Let's, let's take, let's be happy. You know, it wasn't as bad as we thought. Let's take some, some happiness out of it. And I get that argument. I get that. Um, and I get what you're saying too, Guido. I think what I've tried to do since the game went off is like, take some of, take a little bit of that. So like, you know, the old, like the highs aren't as high as you think and the lows aren't as low as you think some, you know, there's some, there's some, something in the middle where we land. And I think, I, I think I agree with that camp of people that it wasn't as bad as we thought, but but I feel like when the opportunity presents itself like it did last night, you gotta go after it, right? I mean you gotta just you gotta gra- get yeah, you gotta grab that opportunity by the horns. And I thought I I know you're saying it's not maybe it's maybe it's more than just this conversation we've sort of encapsulated and just like uh completely tunnel visioned on with Deggy and Green, but I think I left the game last night feeling like we just simply let Oklahoma off the hook. I think to me, I have a hard time watching what we watched where I I was thinking of it this way earlier today. Like if you were, if you were just talking to someone who's kind of a casual WVU fan and they're watching that game last night, I think your conversation would go something like 
see when quarterback A is on the field and Oklahoma doesn't have to work that hard and they seem to figure it out a lot easier and then see when quarterback B is on the field and they don't seem as sure of themselves and there's more room to do things. I think they'd say, yeah, well, then why do they keep running quarterback A out there? And I think we would say that is what we're trying to figure out. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm not saying it's all one guy or all the other, but I think last night watching that Oklahoma Sooners defense be hesitant when Jarrett, when, when Jarrett Green, that would be a weird amalgamation, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, right? When, That's what it feels like, though. When Jarrett Green, yeah, maybe that we call him, it's like a Benifer or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, right. When when um, when Jarrett Green's on the field, I think you could see, you know, and Herb Street was talking about it, too, you know, the... Oklahoma linebackers are hesitating. Letty Brown has more room to run because you got to you got to take a Mississippi count to figure out where is the ball. And we'll and I know we're gonna and if we're only gonna throw slant passes, let Garrett Green throw the slant passes. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I I agree with that. What what is what is Deggy doing? And I'm stealing this a bit. I put it in the show notes, but Guido Patrick Southern, um, who you might follow on on WVU Twitter too, he had a good kind of thread earlier today where he was saying, you know, I think we're wondering exactly what is Deggy doing that the staff believes Garrett Green cannot do. And I think like Scoot making that comment, I, I I've tended to gravitate to the same position. Like if we're only going to ask Jarrett Deggy to throw slants to BFW and people and stuff like that, or short screens to, to receivers in the flat, then I'm not convinced Garrett Green can't do that. So what what is the big holdup when he brings a lot of dimension in other areas? That that's where I'm at. I think, and this is crazy conspiracy theory, but I'll throw it out there. You guys like a good conspiracy theory, okay? We do. Okay, so uh, as you know, Neil Brown was one time the uh, offensive coordinator, I believe, and maybe quarterbacks coach at Texas Tech. Right, he was. Yes, and uh, he had a a young quarterback named Seth Daigie under his charge. Scoot, you know we're you know we're well aware of this. Yes, ESPN made us aware of it over and over yes. again last yeah. night. Right. So, here's the thing. I think personally that maybe Neil Brown had a good relationship with Seth Daigie and knows the family well and knows Seth Daigie and did well with Seth Diggy, so maybe he's thinking he's going to get the same things that he got from Seth from his younger brother, Jarrett. Now, the reason why I say this is because I coached high school, varsity high school sports for 16 years, and I have went through a lot of uh, coaching a lot of siblings, sure, older brothers, younger brothers, and a lot of times you do in your mind kind of think, hey, that's a that's a good kid. That's a good family. Uh, his older brother played for me. His older brother could do X, Y, and Z. Surely younger brother could maybe do X and he might not be able to be able to do Z, but he could probably do X and Y. And, and you kind of, not that you want to, you subconsciously kind of compare the two and you subconsciously kind of lump the two together. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if Neil Brown with that relationship, because he probably had a close pretty close relationship he was quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator with Seth Deggy that maybe he feels this same kind of bond with Jarrett and he just wants to continue to and then he doesn't want to I don't know doesn't want to hurt feelings I don't know what the real reason is I mean, there right, but yeah, I'm I think, sure I you're, think right, you're right but Guido you say say your piece there because I think you made a good point earlier I think you should lay like looking at the box score yeah and that's the thing like you look at the like I left 
And I, I think we all did. And like you probably saw our Twitter, you know, that, you know, we put a tweet out there that said, can whoever's not in the, uh, whoever's still in the Deggy QB1 camp, please tell us why. And I think we all left the game last night thinking, well, why didn't we see more Garrett Green? Why didn't we see, you know, but I think when you, when you stop and you back away from the game for a second and you look at the box score and you see that Jared Deggy, and granted, Scoot, I don't disagree, it's all slant routes, but Jared Deggy was 20 for 29. He only had nine. He only had nine incompletions or throwaways. You know, it was only for 160 yards. But then you go down, you look at Garrett Green, three for four. Okay, so he completed most of his passes, but only for 19 yards because they were all slant routes or out routes. And he only ran for 15 yards. Letty Brown only ran for 58 yards. It's an offensive problem. It's not, it's, we keep talking about these two quarterbacks and, and I don't, And, you know, I think that we've gotten lost in the fact that, like, it's not that the quarterbacks are bad or good. It's that the whole offense is bad. It's the whole the the whole thing is a mess. I I think, you know, I agree with you. If you look, I don't know that you have the breakdown. I would love to see what what did Letty do in the second half? My my guess is most of his yards. Most of his yards were in the first half. Came in the first half. And, And so I know a lot of times. We talk about we've had great coaches that in all sports, WVU, where you get to halftime, we know Hugs is going to tweak it. You know, if we're down or it's close, Hugs is going to tweak something, and you're going to come out and play a little bit better. He's going to yank the chain. Guys are going to come out better in the second half. Uh, I feel like Dana Holgerson was able to do that. I feel like uh, Rich Rod was able to do that. Where at halftime, if it's close, you're going to yank the chain a little bit. I don't know what we're doing at the halftime because come out of the second half, we're not well, any better. And, I, and, I, and here's the thing, Scoot, and this is honest to goodness, like offensive line is young. We all know that. They talked about it on ABC last night. You know, I felt really bad for Zach Frazier having two back-to-back rough plays, rough snaps, and then, you know, it's the only it's the only network time he got all night. You know, it's him well, sitting on the I bench. I wonder how much of that second one is And, and I don't disagree with I don't disagree with you. Like that second one might be the fact that they're moving in and out of quarterbacks and ch- changing of cadences just like Herb Street was saying. And that might be true or but they should be practicing that all week. And so I, I you know but with that said, that offensive line, we saw it with that false start at the one-yard line where Letty would have just walked in for the touchdown, and then we wouldn't be talking about this, Johnson. Yeah, I think, and I think that's your point, right? It's not like we're going to get caught up in the quarterbacks, but right. three offensive line mistakes are really were keys in this game. I think that's your point, right? And I and I think I I totally agree with that, and it's a shame because that that doesn't the nation doesn't know Zach Frazier, and they don't know how you know just how strong he's been that those were guido you you text last night you know for some reason zach's got the yips all of a sudden here and it was like what's going on like we never see that like what's what's right. going on here all of a sudden so that was weird but i think too my my point to like when i'm saying i think we let the sooners off the hook so take on that false start just on that play i think is a perfect example the linebackers had come off the edge and were tackling Garrett Green. Letty's in the end zone, meanwhile, with the ball. I just think when he's in the game, and they and I think those packages, so in the coaching, like in the what what are we what are we calling that? In the scripted portion of the game, I think that was a really nice game plan. I think they used Garrett Green in the RPO successful. That first so. series, that first series was amazing. That first series was 
far and beyond the best series we've seen all season. A nine-minute drive? I mean, that was yeah. amazing. I mean, the, fir- the first quarter, Scooty, time of possession in the first quarter, we had 11 minutes and 53 seconds. Oklahoma had three minutes and seven seconds. I mean, we win the game doing that, but we didn't keep doing it. I, I think even in the second half, they even showed you where when Garrett Green was in the game, he did a uh, an RPO, and the two linebackers – watched him and and he went left and they paused and then followed him and I think it had to be Letty went right and he got a, a decent run and I think that's what Jared Diggy does not bring now I know I'm I'm hung up on yeah, it and but. that's what and that's what I'm saying too so so like Guido you're saying and we didn't keep doing it that's my point I think I'm saying we let the Sooners off the hook because I'm not saying Garrett Green's the answer for every game every you know, for the rest of the year. But I'm just saying in this game, when you saw Oklahoma's defense having an, like a bit of an issue and confusion around that, I don't know why they didn't lean into it a bit. I, I'm not saying don't play Jarrett Deggie the rest of the game, but I feel like we never, and I don't know if it was because of the fumble, maybe, you know, maybe that worked against Garrett a little bit, but even after that false start that really killed that drive, let's face it, Deggie then comes in and overthrows right an open receiver, I think, to finish that would, drive. Would you guys would you guys consider Jarrett Deggie a pocket passer? No. I don't no. I don't think he is. And I'll tell you why, actually if you don't mind, Scoot, can I tell you why? Go ahead. Because I continue to get aggravated. And look, I started to say this last week, by the way, just as an aside, I'm starting to like, I don't want to be toxic to Jared Deggie because it just feels bad. I'm going to steal scoots. Like, I'm sure he's a nice guy. So I hate to keep like lambasting the kid, but I'm starting to get like to the Voldemort, like I mentioned, like we, I just want to say the quarterback who shall not be named almost. But I think we saw again in this game at the very sniff of any pressure scoot, there was no stepping up in the pocket or anything. It was wing it at the sideline. It was panic. We, you know, we had a bit of a text message on when Herbie um, in the ESPN broadcast stopped the stopped the play to show the two guys wide open in the flat he could have outletted to, but he just sort of panicked. I mean, that's the stuff that I have a hard time saying. You know, when when we're saying, well, I don't know if Garrett Green can throw the ball. Well, I don't really know if Jared Deggy can throw the ball either, really, because I don't ever see him step up confidently and like when he has time to throw, throw confident passes. I don't see that decision making. So I would say no. Okay, so my next question is, would you describe our offensive line as young and inexperienced? Yes, I would say young. Yeah. I don't, okay. know, I don't know about inexperienced because some of those guys have been. Well, you've got Nestor, Gamera. Yeah, right. Those guys have right been around for a little while. Right. Well, my my thought is, would you say that Jared Deggie is not mobile? Yeah, I would He's say not. that. He's... I mean, he ran for that one that one run that was like probably the biggest run of his life. Of the three quarterbacks that played yesterday, he was the least mobile of those three. We know that. Okay. Right? So, to me, and if we have an offense problem and we're saying, hey, the offensive line's not super strong right now, uh, the running game's not great, the receivers seem to be okay if we can get them the ball, but that getting them the ball seems to be an issue. I think you fix a lot of your offensive problems with a mobile quarterback who can, you know, hey, if the offensive line's not not blocking i can now i can feel my blood pressure raising a little bit because this conversation gets frustrated my my point is 
I think you take it game by game. You've drawn up packages for Garrett Green, okay? So in this game, when it's 13-13, there's no reason that you have to have a throwing quarterback in the game. You're not trying to you're not trying to cover big chunks of yardage. Give it to the guy that's having success and opening up the run plays. You're chewing up clock. I don't understand why they didn't lean into that is my point. Well, and here and, and to Scoot's point, he, and, I'll, and I'll say the other he who should not, shall not be named, which is this is where a Rich Rodriguez-style spread offense would help us out because you spread out everything. Like right now, we're still trying to run things down the middle. We're still running these slant routes. Everything's really still tight to the line of scrimmage, and you're not going to get – you can't get – with a weak – off. Not I want to say weak offensive line, with an inexperienced offensive line – the quarterback always under pressure and not a pocket passer. You know, I this is where the benefit of Jared of, of Garrett Green comes in because it does allow you to spread everything out a little bit. Yeah. And that's what we saw. And that's why Letty could get free a little bit more when Green was in. Yeah. The problem is, and in this and this stems from play calling, and I don't understand what I didn't understand what what Jared Bartlett or Jared uh, uh um Parker. Parker, yeah, and Neil Brown were doing, which is Okay, so you get to this third down, and now you rely back on Daigie because you think he's a better passer, or you think, you know, and and Neil Brown still in the post game press conference, Johnson still eluded all of it, you know. He basically said in the post game press conference that you know they had like going in that first series that was scripted, like Green coming in, Daigie coming out, that was all planned, that was a hundred percent planned, and he said he actually admitted in the in the post game he goes. We had planned on running the offense like this at the end of last year, going into spring practices, but Garrett Green didn't develop the way they thought he would develop, which I don't I'm not sure what that means. I don't know if it's understanding the offense. I don't know if it's understanding the playbook. And so that's why, you know, they it's taken whatever three weeks to get him out into the field like this. And that we should, as fans and as press and media, we should be expecting this kind of dual QB sort of setup for the next however long. Yeah, and I'm I'm totally fine with that. In fact, I I think it's exciting. And I but I find it hard to believe. I guess I'll just echo what you're saying. I don't understand when you you toss Garrett Green out there against the number 4 team in their house and he scores a touchdown and then every time he seems to be out there they're having a bit of oh shoot, we don't know what's going on here on defense. I don't know why you then don't lean into those packages that you've drawn up and and explore that further I think Guido is what I don't understand I don't understand why you didn't take the opportunity when that seemed to be a positive for you and just lean into it a little bit what's the worst that's going to happen it starts to get figured out and then you can certainly fall back to to Deggie if you think he can complete some passes but I don't understand why they didn't just lean into that well and I I think like you guys are saying and I th- the bigger picture of course is the the offensive play calling seems to be an issue yeah. I don't know who actually like is it um, in some coaching situations where you've got co-offensive coordinators? Sometimes one coach does all the red zone offense, one guy does all the other offense. I don't know. If, we don't really know the the breakdown of who does what and 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 who's got more say. I'm sure Neil Brown would have the ultimate final decision. I question the coaching decision to run when it was third and thirty three. To set up a punt. Yeah, I mean, I you you said that on the text machine too, Scoot, and I don't understand why you're surprised. I mean, they were obviously just like, let's get out of here, let's punt it. I mean, they they weren't trying to get that 33 yard gain. I I just don't understand why you bring 
Jared Deggie back. So even after that false start call, for example, so you move from the one to like the six or seven, I would have just still leaned into green being out there. Like let that, let that RPO work. They, I even really liked, you know, one thing we didn't mention and you guys help me because I can't remember who he was throwing, maybe Winston Wright out in the flat, but they even had kind of drawn up a small, like if he did pull it down and then decided his lane wasn't there to run, they had an outlet for him that he completed a couple passes. Almost like a lateral, yeah. yeah. I was fine with that because it gave him one more option that worked. They got positive yards off of it. I, I know it's really simple, and maybe they don't like it because it's that simple, but to me, again, you're going into the fourth quarter, you're tied at 13, you don't need – someone throwing the ball to try to get you back into a game because you know you're you got to be in passing situations I was just really surprised they didn't lean into it more and get him more confidence and, and more use out of that RPO I think it would have given the Sooners a hard time I I just continue to say I think we let the Sooners off the hook by running Jared Dagey back out there let me say this speaking of running poor Winston Wright yeah I feel yeah, bad he for really Winston didn't Wright. get they and and I guess you know kudos to to their special teams they they really tried to nullify him being a return factor. That poor fellow, he probably though on most of the offense of the window dressing as Herbie and, and the analysts <laughs> like to call it, that poor fellow basically does a dosey do he runs all the like way around the quarterback, the other <laughs> running back, like he. He starts off on the left. He runs to the right. He runs back around Letty Brown. He comes back <laughs> around to the right again. Like that's, and then he gets nothing. Like he doesn't get the ball for that. Like give right. the guy the ball. Yeah. And I thought you were going to say too, they did a good job just kicking every kickoff you away know, through from, the yeah, back right. of the end zone. So I was really hoping he could be a factor there too. But but no, but... instead he just ran around. A so lot. guys, we've, we've sat here for 20 minutes and we've complained about the offense. We've talked about, Whatever it is the offensive problem is, we have to talk about the defense. And we have to talk about how amazing the defense is right now. And and I think we all went into the season with a little trepidation about the defense and losing so many people. And, and this defense has really stepped up. This defense has really shown how strong they can be. And, and granted, I think, you know, uh, uh, Oklahoma – has their own quarterback problems that I'm sure all the wonderful Oklahoma podcasts are talking about today uh, with Spencer Rattler and the whole stadium asking for the freshman backup to come in and play. Yeah. But the defense, the defense, I mean, Spencer Rattler still, you know, top, he was, he's a Heisman hopeful. He, you know, has won at Oklahoma for years. Uh, You know, Oklahoma's number four in the nation going into that game. And we did a great job of holding them uh, to scoring basically nothing. Yeah, really. I, I mean, we really held them. Yeah, I thought they played out of their minds. And I'll and I'll I think Guido too. You know, coming in like if you kind of go back a couple weeks and we were doing our preseason predictions of games we thought we were going to win and lose, we all picked this as a loss. But I specifically remember talking about just like for Maryland. To be honest, I thought this game was a bad matchup for us because I I had a lot of reservations about our secondary not so much how we play defense up front but you know how is our how how are our safeties and our defensive backs going to perform and I think we keep seeing stuff we knew Alonzo would die you know we all we already knew that name but I think now we're really getting to know Jackie Matthews uh, Porter Jr I thought they played I thought they stepped up and played a great game against you know, talented receivers and a mobile quarterback, I thought the defense could not have played a better game. I thought we even saw some new people like Austin, 
I mean, he's literally having, you know, Oklahoma linemen hanging on him while he's sacking Spencer Rattler. I mean, I think across the board, everyone played super strong. Yeah, I mean, Jackie Matthews is really, and, and, and the, again, this is an example where a box score doesn't really show you. Granted, I think in the fourth quarter, he whiffed on a tackle pretty bad. But for the most part, Jackie Matthews was sort of like everywhere yeah. last night, breaking up passes, had one interception that was a phenomenal, like a fun Great, fun interception to see, you know. That's why they practice the tip drill, yeah. boys. Like, that's, you know, it was a great interception. I mean, Taj Alston, who is having a heck of a season to start off, two sacks last night, you know. Uh, it was good to see Dante. I felt like Dante kind of came alive last night. He had that sack. He just started stepping it up as he got into the game, too. So Styles or Stills? How would you how would you say his name? Because <laughs> Herbie or Fowler called him Styles at oh, one point, he? and then he called. <laughs> I didn't Stills. catch Fowler yeah. saying that, uh, you know. But I mean, and it was fun. Like you know, Herb Street, who everybody loves to hate, but Herb Street, you know, was talking about how Dante is, you know, NFL caliber, you know, NFL pedigree, NFL caliber. You heard that a couple of times. But I think that is lost, Guido. Like I, nothing fires me up more when we walk in when we walk into like you know, the arena and we're in enemy territory and you're playing number four, Oklahoma and the defense stiffens up and just pitches almost a shutout that, that gets me so fired up. I mean, it was, it was just a shame that they played so well and and still had that outcome. I think if nothing else though, it is a super positive for the remainder of the season. That's, that was, that was a huge game for them. But on the defensive side, if you haven't, if you get a chance, I know you're not all like geeks like we are, but take take five minutes of your life and listen to Josh Chandler Semedo's post game press conference that he did last night. So he did the defensive player press conference after the game last night, and it was just phenomenal. It was phenomenal on a couple of levels, like you know, t- great player speak, great player talk, and just talking about how like we needed to find those three points, like the defense needed to win that game, and didn't say anything about the offensive issues. Um, you know, just talked about you know how. They're playing hard, but they need to play better. And he had an amazing game. I mean, he had 12 total. He was on 12 tackles last night with four solos, eight assists. And, you know, the defense, Johnson, is one of those things where it's like, if we could just score three more points, one more (laughs) touchdown, like this defense is going to, I mean, like, because Oklahoma didn't look great last night, but I think part of Oklahoma not looking great last night was how good our defense looked. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oklahoma's one of the better offenses in the in the in the conference. And so if we could just score one more touchdown, you know, we we win all the games. Yeah. You know? and I, it's, and if you get rid of the mistakes, we win the games. You get rid of three four turnovers in the Maryland, we win the game. You know? You get yeah, rid of mis- I think that's gonna be the heartburn of this whole of this whole series of weeks is really we should be we should be looking at a four and record, really. Um, or or at least it's not hard to make the argument to, to show how we could be 4-0. and And I think this one, you know, Guido, to your point, I know people don't want to hear that, but the tan- the quarterback tandem, so Scoot's like, Scoot likes to refer to Leak and Tebow lately. I don't know that we're at Leak and Tebow, but I think the quarterback tandem did enough positive things, honestly, to win this game. It's just a shame we couldn't get points on the board. I think those... I think those key mistakes at key times of the game really shot ourselves in the foot. But at the same time, I think now, so, so we've kind of hashed this, you know, now we're looking ahead to Texas tech and there's actually some other kind of crazy things going on around the conference. Oklahoma state puts it on a ranked Kansas state team. 
Texas fires up 70 points on Texas Tech. Um, you know, I think I feel like, you know, Iowa State goes down to Baylor. I, I think as this team progresses, hopefully they're able to bottle this up and take the positive points of this. So, like, if I'm the defense, I have to feel like now I can play with anyone in the conference, don't you right. think? And I think yeah. if we can just get some more identity on the offensive side of the ball, and and I think, again, I think when this Garrett Green package is working, lean into it. I'm really disappointed they didn't lean into it farther this game and get some try to you know milk it for some more points. Uh, I'm hoping that they continue to do that. I I like them leaving Garrett Green out there, and I hope they lean into it more. I think that's what this offense needs. Well, Scoot, I said last night on the text machine, I'm I'm really looking for that uh, that Jarrett Daggy Garrett Green on the field at the same time package. Like I want to see what that is. That's got to be in the playbook, right? What what would you do if it was uh, Jarrett Deggie out wide? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I mean, maybe that's a thing. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What, you know, what if it's Jarrett Deggie handing off to Garrett Green, you know, as a fullback? <laughs> you know, I could see that. I mean, I don't know. It's just uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think that we would be saying a lot of different things today if – we won this game. Like, I think if you get rid of the offside on the first on the one yard line, I think if you get rid of the yips from Zach, I think if you get rid of these little things that sort of really added up, I think we're saying a lot of different stuff today. I think we're talking about how great and how much of a genius Neil Brown is for mixing them up and putting Garrett Green in so much. Well, let me just ask you this though, because I agree with you, Guido, but what if we win the game because instead of jumping off sides at the one, Garrett Green successfully hands that ball off to Letty. The linebackers follow Garrett. Letty rolls into the end zone for that touchdown. I think that just doesn't doesn't that up the clamoring for Garrett Green to be in the game or what what do you think? Uh, to me I no, think it, it probably it probably does. You're probably right. It probably makes us start to chatter a little bit more about QB1 who's QB1 and who's not. But I think as fans we really need to and I, I, I kind of got the sense from the post-game press conference, too, and we just need to see it in the play calling, that we need to stop thinking about who's QB1 and QB2 because I don't think there's a QB1. I don't think Jared Deggie – I don't think in the offense's mind right now Jared Deggie's QB1. I think that they're thinking, hey, we got two quarterbacks. We're going to use them both. Well, back to what Scoot was saying, though, not to belabor this, but I just want to circle back to, you know, Scoot, you went back to the the tie with the Deggie family and everything. I, I think we talked about it a little bit on the show, just a little bit last week. I, I wanted to bring it back up because I think I think Coach Brown's commitment to Deggie, it's odd that he now feels like he's like wading out into open waters, like, you know, with continuing with this commitment it feels like it just draws the criticism more and more his way the the longer it doesn't work perfectly so to me i you know i'm still a i'm i'm still a real you know i know people are freaking out on social media i i'm still really a a big coach brown fan that hasn't changed but i think it's it's to me it's starting to become a little bit i don't know weird that you know he's really got this commitment and he's kind of like wading out into open waters just like okay if the criticism's there I'm I'm just I'm heading out into it because I'm committed to this guy. So I know what you mean Guido there's not really a a QB1 but there certainly still seems to be a QBA and QBB. Like there still seems right. to be a ranking order so, and people don't want that. So So what you're saying is you're not like at Jenny from the WV 
where she's selling her season tickets. I'm not there. Yeah. And I don't think any of us should be. So let's therapy session here just a bit as we transition to Texas Tech. I think, you know, I I tried to say it a bit there on the on the jump where I I don't think that, you know, we got to not be so low on the lows and high on the highs. Right. Like, let's step back a minute. We did. Let's take a piece of that argument that we were 18, 16 and a half point underdogs. And we had a miraculous game. We were in Norman. We lost on a last-second field goal. Oklahoma's the the number, and it's not gold. Did I just say gold? Let's not do that. It's a field goal. Field gold. I like and, it. I mean, maybe it's gold. I don't know what color it is, but the <laughs> crossbars are gold, right? But anyway, the and and we we can see that there's opportunity there now for this offense to lean in to Garrett Green. I think if we get in these situations in the future, I just want to see. I want to see now. Like, let's go ahead and embrace like if it's working, let's just not keep it to the scripted, the scripted parts. Let's lean into it. Let's let's explore that a little bit more. I would be happy with that. If that's if I can get that, let me let me get that. Well, and I and I hear you. I hear you. Scoot. So we we face Texas Tech next week. They come to Morgantown. They play at uh, at Milan Pushkar Stadium, 330 game time on ESPN two. You picked this game as a loss. West Virginia right now is favored by Vegas uh, at seven and a half points. The over-under is 57, so they're expecting a shootout. Bring out the guns. I, after what you saw Saturday night against Oklahoma, first of all, I think 50, I'd think take the under on 57 and a half, first of all. I'll just tell you that. Uh, second of all, does can West Virginia beat Texas Tech by a touchdown? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, last time we played Texas Tech, boners to bone ran all over us. And I think uh, until we have an answer for boners to bone, I'm not 100% comfortable saying that it's going to be a win. I also worry that um, I don't want to say there's a letdown, but playing the number four team, losing at the last second, uh, when a lot of people didn't think you'd even be close, there could be a little bit of a letdown uh, from that. Now, the good thing is it is at home, but I'm still going to stick with – a loss until we can beat boners to bone johnson what do you think you well think- guido you and i picked this as a win and i think part of that yeah. is we were mad about this was a game that we talked about forever last season that we should have never lost and scoots right Stabone went for went he looked like barry sanders against us right it was crazy last year we, we did not have an answer for that we also you also need to remember back scoot this was the dropsies game remember for the wide receivers we had mm-hmm. you know t- this is really when the 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 clamoring of what is the deal with wide receivers dropping so many passes like came to a fever pitch so that happened as well i think the interesting thing i i still think this is a win guido i do think with our defense um if they come out and play the way they've been playing and we get just a little bit more (laughs) just something out of the offense we can beat that that one score spread what i think is interesting for this game though is texas tech is reeling a little bit right now and i follow viva the matadors on uh twitter you guys probably do too but it's kind of like their smoking musket account yeah and they pointed out like they kind of feel like this texas tech staff is coaching for their lives right now after getting 70 points put on them they said they look completely unprepared for texas um you know they come into morgantown now and i i think that could make this interesting i i'm saying yes a win but you might see some desperation and and you know a little extra oomph out of the raiders because i feel like 
you know, maybe they're trying to salvage their season right now. Well, and I think Texas, again, and it's another team that is in a very similar situation as WVU where they're having these this quarterback sort of issue between Columbine and So, I think is his name, the ba- that w- who is now the backup, but everybody wants to see play the, the younger quarterback. So it's a very similar situation I- at Texas Tech as well. Um, I think that what's interesting you know, for me in this whole is Texas Tech. I think there's a lot of issues with their with their coaching staff and with the way that their coaching staff is running that team right now. And you saw it uh, against with Texas putting 70 up on them. I think defense is definitely an issue for Texas Tech right now. So I think there is that chance that West Virginia and if they put more Garrett Green packages in can kind of come alive and score a ton against Texas Tech. Well, I hope so because I will say just to add one more thing on, you know, we don't we don't think of this, but Texas Tech comes in 3 and 1. I mean, they had this ugly game against Texas, but they beat the Fighting Holgersons earlier in the year, uh Stephen F Austin and then FIU and they scored 38, 28, 54, and even in this losing effort against Texas, 35 points. So WVU is going to have to score some points. I mean, I I think the defense can shut stuff down, but, uh, I mean, Texas Tech knows how to, even though they're not hitting on all cylinders, they know how to put points on the board. We're not going to be able to just sit in neutral on offense, Guido. It's going to have to generate some points. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens right now. That game is Saturday at Milan Pushkar Stadium, 3.30 on ESPN. Deuce. The Deuce. The Deuce. They're, they're on the Deuce. Deuce is loose. The Deuce is loose. Hey, a couple of other things we want to talk about before we go to a break. Uh, one is thoughts and prayers to two people. Reese Donahue lost his father uh, unexpectedly, or I think expectedly. He's been battling cancer, it sounded like, for a couple of years, uh, but lost his father right, right around game time, actually, on Saturday, uh, WVU game. And then uh, also, former head coach Rich Rodriguez's son, Rhett Rodriguez, uh, involved in apparently a really bad hit in the U- Lu- University of Louisiana Monroe game uh, on Saturday, is in the ICU right now with a lung issue uh, from that hit. So thoughts and prayers uh, go out to the, both of them. So um, anyways, guys, it'll be interesting. I. I hope that we're moving forward. It's really tough right now to be in the position that we're at, you know, having won two games, lost two games, and the two games we lost, we kind of gave away. We could have won both of those games. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting week to see what happens against Texas Tech next weekend. Well, listen, let's take a break. We're going to come back with the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluff. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got your ears on. Vortec Knives is a West Virginia owned and operated company specializing in high quality steel, fast opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to vortechknives.com today and use the code GYEO, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortech, V-O-R-T-E-K, knives.com, a West Virginia owned and operated company specializing in fast opening, high quality, everyday carry knives. Vortech Knives. All 
right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears on Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. Hey, and listen, don't forget, you can find us on social media. Look for us online. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also look for us on Facebook. Just look for Got Your Ears on. All right, it's time for the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. There's no, there are no game shows that are better than this game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. Right. Nobody. No yeah, one. Come on. None. Come on. You know what? You know what this game show doesn't have? What's that? What's this game show? Not? Wait, not. A sponsor. And if you'd like to sponsor our game show, slide into our DMs. Reach out to us on our phone number. Yeah. Give us a call. 304-518-GYEO. Hey, you can connect. You can be the official sponsor of the number one game yeah. show on a West Virginia University University sports podcast. Do it. That's right. You could. It could be. It could be like you know. It could be the Tudors Biscuit World Bluff the Fluff. Right. Like that would be phenomenal, uh, right? right? That's right. Uh, but it's not. It's not right now. <laughs> the pan the the panhandle cleaning and restoration. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. They're all getting free spots. They're all getting free advertisements this week. We'll but even not change next it to week. Fluff Bluffs if you fluff want. Bluff. Yeah, we we'll will. change we'll, it. We'll, we'll, change the we'll name. call it something different. Just let us know. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, as we go right now, Johnson won last week on Big 12 trivia. He shortens the gap a little bit between him and Scoot. So Scoot still leads 10 games to nine over Johnson right now. But neck and neck, neck and neck as we come down the home stretch, the final quarter of the year, we see how uh, who will come out on top. Guys, this week, we're going back to an old one that we've done before, but with new questions. We're going to see what you guys know about some crazy team names and mascots in college sports. Okay. I thought you were going to say Winchester, Virginia, and I was going to be really angry. <laughs> no. I wouldn't do that, that to That's you again. Next week. I could have done that. I'll just do county next time. I'll do the whole Winchester County area. Uh, no. So what we know, what you guys know about some random college, you know, mascots. I'm solid. I am solid. Scoot, uh, yeah. I feel like I'm at a disadvantage. I feel like this is in Scoot's wheelhouse. Listen, you're talking to a guy that's used the restroom in 39 different institutions of higher learning. Okay. I'm in. I'm feeling good. All right. We need to get you to an even 40, Scoot. You need to go visit a new college. Right. I do. I do need to see a new one, yeah. All right. Well, as always, a correct answer is worth five points, and a steal is worth 10 points, and final bluff is worth 25 points. Before, during the break, we had a complete and total random flip of the coin, and... Johnson, you come out on top. You get to go first this week. All right, let's do Congratulations. this. Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right, here we go. First question is to you, Johnson. Campbell College in North Carolina, what is their mascot slash team name? Is it the Campbell Soups, the Campbell Camels, the Campbell Bells, or the Campbell Cooks? I think they are the Campbell Camels, Guido. That's a correct answer for five points, Johnson. They are the Camels, and uh, their mascot is Gaylord the Camel, in case you're wondering. That's his name. Of course it is. And their women's uh, teams are called the Lady Camels, in case you didn't know that. One or two humps. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't know, Scoot. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> All right, congratulations, Johnson. With, with the Let's move on. <laughs> Moving on, and we move on. Five points go to you right there. Scooty, this next question is to you. Division three Webster College in Missouri, are they the Gorlocks, the Lingers, the Kilgores, or the Philbors? Well, uh, those all sound like strange last names. Um, you say Gorlocks? Gorlocks, Lingers, Kilgores, 
or Phil Boars. Scoot, this sounds like LARP territory. It does sound like LARPers. Uh, I am going to say in the Web, Weber College. Webster. 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 It's, they're definitely the Webster Kilgores. I'm sorry, that's incorrect, Scoot. They are not the Kilgores. Johnson, is it the Gorlocks, the Lingers, or the Philbors? Man, these feel like three bad choices. I'm going to go with the Philbers. Sorry, that's incorrect. They are the Webster Gorlocks. Okay. That was a made-up creature that was voted on by the student body in 1981, and it has stuck ever since. 1981. I don't, yeah, Scoot, that's a lot of uh, Tolkien readers right there got that's, together at Webster and they and they came up with Gorlocks. It feels like bad. it's like a it's like a gargoyle with like tiger like Paul Prince. Like the Eye it's of really Sauron's weird. was already taken probably, and they went with that. Yeah, so uh, nobody gets any points on that one there. None of you guys know your Gorlock history. I don't. Uh, and Johnson, this next one is back to you. A Division One school, the only Division One school in tonight's. Uh, little quiz uh division one indiana state where larry bird played basketball are they the hoosiers the birds the sycamores or the farmers oh they should be the birds but they're the sycamores that's correct the sycamores for uh for another five points to take a lead over scoot 10 to nothing scooty not uh, not faring so well yeah Let's hear the next question, Guido. Let's hear the next question. I want to hear the next question because I I feel something is afoot here. Go ahead. Next question is to Scoot. Scoot, this should be more up your alley. Division three New England school right here. Williams College in Williamstown, Massachusetts. Are they the Williams Beefaloes, the Bovines, the Cattles, or the Purple Cows? Well, that's an interesting question uh, you ask. Williams College is in uh, Williams, Massachusetts, Williamstown, Massachusetts. Yes, correct. that's correct. I believe it's off of Route 7 near um, uh, Pittsfield, if, if you're familiar with the Pittsfield area. Okay. Yes, no, maybe? Yes. They are I the am. purple cows, Guido. They are the purple cows. That is correct. Right answer right there for Scoot, the purple cows of Williams College. I thought you All were right. going to talk that towards your dad knowing a Reds reliever or something like that. <laughs> Rob Dibble right, was your yeah. dad. Somehow cousin's Rob Dibble was a purple cow. Best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also near North Adams, Massachusetts, if you're familiar with the North Adams. Very, very good. I'm glad you know your New England geography there, Scoot. All right, here we go. Johnson, next question is back to you. You still have a five-point lead over Scooty, 10 to 5. Evergreen College in Olympia, Washington. They're an NAIA school, by the way, which I didn't even know the NAIA still existed, but they do. Uh, Evergreen State College. Are they the Pine, the Gooey Ducks, the Capitals, or the Snowy Owls? I don't know. I like the Pine. I'm going to go with that. Sorry, that's incorrect. They are not the Pine. Scooty, for 10 points and a steal, are they the Capitals, the Gooey Ducks, or the snowy owls. Well, gooey duck sounds absolutely hideous and ridiculous, so it cannot be that. Uh, it's going to be the snowy owls. Sorry, Scooty, that's incorrect. The gooey ducks is their actual mascot what? team. The Evergreen State College gooey ducks. You know what a gooey duck is, by the way? No. It's like a giant clam. It's like this. It's like a giant. This keeps getting ginormous worse. That's clam. I thought it was. Yes. So it's not even a type of duck. No, it has nothing to do with ducks at all. Nope. No. It's Evergreen State College Gooey Ducks. Check it out. 
They got a nice website. I looked uh, at it. I think today. they need to talk to the people at Webster and come up with a new name or something. How tough could a gooey duck really be? It's a freaking shell with a like a tongue inside it. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't, I mean, that's what they are. They're the fighting gooey Man, ducks. That guy's as tough as a gooey duck. I bet they say that. All right. So, uh, guys, close close one tonight. By the way, uh, Johnson still has a five point lead, ten to five over Scoot and Scooty. This last question before final bluffs is for you. Officially, Delta State College, Division II school in Mississippi, is known as the Statesman, but they are more commonly referred to as the Sips, the Fighting Okra, the Fighting Catfish, or the Deltas. Delta State College in Mississippi, Division II school. I'm going to say the Sips. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It is not the Sips. Delta State College in Mississippi, Johnson, are they the Fighting Okra? The fighting catfish or the deltas? Why do you remember Delta Delta Delta? Can I help you? Help you? Help you? That's what that just made me think of. I, I'm gonna go with the fighting catfish, Guido. I'm sorry, that is also incorrect. They it's are okra, isn't it? The fighting oh okra. My, okra are. can't first, even fight. That was it's my first plant. guess. That was my first guess, and I. They have a great mascot too. It's like a piece of a guy oh in an okra costume. Gosh. He kind of looks like the Christmas tree for Stanford. Right. He, like he's like. It's pretty funny. So, he's probably uh, fried. He's probably breaded and fried. <laughs> the fried, the bread, the fried fighting okras. All right, guys, it's time for final bluffs. You two have sucked tonight. In case you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that vote of confidence. Uh, Johnson right now has a lead uh, ten to five over Scooty, but fi- final bluff is the opportunity to win it all. Twenty five points on the line right here, guys, for a correct answer. Uh, as we always do, we make you guys. Buzz in for this last question. Scooty, what is your buzzer this week? Hmm, that's a good question. I'm going to go with uh, Gooey Duck. All right, Gooey Duck. Gooey Duck. All right. And uh, Johnson, what's your buzzer for this I'll week? I'll go Gorlocks. Gorlocks. All right. So Gorlocks and Gooey Ducks. Here we go. Final bluff. Last question. What is the team name for the South Dakota School of Mining and Technology? Division II school, obviously in South Dakota. Are they the geodes, the hard rockers, the minerals, or the miners? Scooby Duck. All right, Scooty, what do you got? I'm going to go with the geodes. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson, for the win, is it the hard rockers, the minerals, or the miners? I'm going to go miners. Sorry, that is also incorrect. You guys don't know anything about any of these schools. Johnson, you get the win anyways, 10 to 5. The correct answer is the Hard Rockers. That's a good name, though. I like that. Of South Dakota School of Mining and Technology. I mean, Scoot, I'd so, rather be a Hard Rocker than a Gooey Duck. Yes, or a Mineral. I thought that was going to be the answer. Right. But... <laughs> the That's minerals. just a dumb the, mascot. The Hard Rockers. There are some strange there are some strange mascot nicknames. I guess not mascots, but nicknames uh, in high school sports, of course. Polka having one of the more interesting nicknames as the Dots. Yeah. Right? That's pretty strange. Uh, also around our area here in East Liverpool, Ohio, uh, birthplace of one uh, Lou Holtz, it, they are the Potters. The Potters. The, yes. The Potters. Like the Fighting Harry? Like the Fighting like, Harry Potters? Like, uh, no, like like they do something with clay. <laughs> oh, okay. They like put, they make like, clay. They okay. make like, uh, like a clay pot. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. That's Scoot Stalling because he now knows, Johnson, that That's you right. have tied he it up. He doesn't want to hear it. Ten games That's apiece. Right. He doesn't want to hear it. Nope. 
Scoot's looking a little nervous, Scoot. I mean, Johnson coming back. Uh, nervous, come on. He's now. coming back. He's taking. Uh, he's taking. He's going to take the lead over next week unless you get your game, get Fired your act up. together. Not nervous. <laughs> well, listen, guys. Let's take a break. Congratulations, Johnson, on the win. And we're going to come back with uh, everybody's favorite segment, a segment we like to call "I Can't Believe My Ears." So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives, and when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. Hey, listen, don't forget, check out our website, gotyourearson.com. It is the place to be, right, Johnson? That's right. We'll post the latest show in blog form with all the show notes. So if you heard something you want to check out farther that we talked about, farther, further that we talked about, uh, you can click on the links in the show notes. You can also click on the link to the latest show on the TuneIn link right in the website sidebar. Uh, and you can also hit the merch store link where you can find some Got Your Ears on merch, inc- including our uh, Pullover Guy shirt that we're gearing up for our next donation to the Hugs Fish Fry. So check it all out. Yeah, check it out. GotYourEarsOn.com. Hey, listen, much like how sometimes Neil Brown allows Garrett Green to touch a football, we let Scooty go out on the internet and search for something funny. And it's a segment we like to call, I can't believe my ears. What do you got for us this week, Scoot? Okay, uh, this topic is maybe uh, right in Guido's wheelhouse. Okay, we're going to talk Ooh. a little bit about beer. Okay. Ooh. Okay. okay. This is this is Guido's wheelhouse. It is. I like it. Uh, so this probably won't be a surprising topic or, or I guess an interesting story for Guido in the sense that he probably already knows about this. But I'm going to say that, Johnson, this might be news to you. Okay. Okay. Uh, Samuel Adams, yeah, the beer maker, oh. not the Patriot, right? Um, Your cousin from Boston. He, uh, they, they, they have a beer called the Utopia's beer. Are you familiar with such a thing, Guido? I am. Yes. Uh, I've had it. Each each year they make a new one. I believe is that correct? It's like kind of like a correct. special edition type beer. Uh, this year's happens to be uh, 28% alcohol. Wow. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, is that typically what happens, Guido? Is that they're like a... Yeah, so it's known as like the highest alcohol content beer that there is out there. It's it's usually like a... Uh, it doesn't taste anything like beer that you would know. It tastes more like a wine. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I believe because okay. I'm glad you said that because they... Uh, this, this batch was made with 2,000 pounds of cherries. And has a deep, rich, malty smoothness reminiscent of a vintage port cognac or fine sherry. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess. I mean, is that what, every year they're like this? This kind of wine every, every cherry? Year. Yeah, they're this like wine-ish. Well, they're not always cherry, but they're usually, you know, and they're put in like wood barrels and aged. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, if you were to... Near the harbor. Near the harbor. Uh, so I'm going to go with Johnson because I think you would have a better feel for this. Johnson, if you're going to buy one of these beers, yeah. 
how much are you going to pay for just one or like uh, yeah for one for one beer uh, and I'll, and I'll, and Johnson, I'll I'll, uh, I'll get Scooty. I'll help you out a little bit here too. Uh, it comes like in a sixteen ounce bottle, so it's like a, it's like just a little like bit a, bigger, yeah, a little bit bigger than like your regular twelve ounce beer bottle. It's a sixteen ounce like bottle, like if you were to drink one of your energy drinks. Yeah, all right. Um, I don't... actually it's a twenty. It's a twenty five. I, I just looked it up real quick. It's a twenty five ounce. Oh, bottle, okay, Johnson. big boy. So it's like double. It's like it's got getting two yeah. beers. Yeah, it's like getting two like. beers. For, Big boy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Thirty-five bucks. How about two hundred and forty dollars a bottle? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yep. All right. Yeah. Sam. Sam thinks highly of this beer. <laughs> and because of its alcohol content, it's illegal in fifteen states. <laughs> All right. Uh, it comes out October 11th. Wow. So if you're interested in, in I don't know, putting down a down payment on a <laughs> bottle of beer, uh, you might want to do so before October 11th because uh, it'll cost you $240 a bottle. Is this something that you grab every year, Guida? Like, do you? No, I, I don't. Uh, I've had it a few times because uh, I live literally, uh, like, I don't know, half hour away from the brewery here in Boston. I've had it a few times there. Uh, you know, for samplings and all that. It's like, it's an acquired taste. It's not something you're going to like chug, man. It's like something you're going to like take a couple sips of. And For $240, you got to make it last, yeah, you gotta right? You can't it. be. You gotta, you gotta in- I think it, you, you, you treat it much like a bottle of liquor. You know, you pour a little bit out and then you put the right, cap back okay. on and then you, you know. That, that makes yeah. sense. But I mean, imagine how many 30 racks of Bud Light you could probably get for that $240. Right. <laughs> Right. Like right. you're probably giving the whole blue lot enough beer to drink for the game. Right. <laughs> That's uh, seems high priced. Uh, West Virginia, not one of those states. How much will you pay, Scooty, for uh, for a beer? Like you're out, you want a beer. How much you can pay for a beer? Uh, like what's the top? Like what if the guy said, "Hey, this is a really good beer. You need to try it." What's what's the most you pay for I that? I would say five dollars. Wow. $5. I'm not buying more than $5 wow. beers. Johnson, what what would you pay for like a really high-end bottle of water? Hey, we got this, this is the finest bottle of the water. Finest. This is the finest. Came from a a spring in Iceland in one of the fjords comes, in Iceland. Uh, comes in a square bottle, extra pretentious. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, Scoot, you pay like five dollars for the Fiji. It's like six fifty for a bottle of Fiji, but you only pay five bucks for a beer. Thawed from a great a glacier off of Greenland. <laughs> what would you pay for? No, that? I mean, when I so I mean, whenever I have a like, if someone was like, "Hey, this you got to try this beer," then I can see paying like fifteen, twenty bucks for a beer. I could do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Now I don't I don't know that you could get me into a two hundred forty dollar beer or whatever you just said, but I don't. I don't know if I would buy a two hundred forty dollar beer eater beer either. There, there are so, some, uh, there's some lines. I, I know we have some listeners from outside of West Virginia, but these are the states that you cannot lawfully buy or have shipped a okay, Utopia. Let's call this the not up in here list. Not up in here. Ready? Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Idaho, Missouri, Mississippi, Montana, New Hampshire, North Carolina. Sorry, Johnson, you're not getting any Utopia. Uh, Oklahoma, Oregon, South Carolina, Utah, Vermont, and West Virginia. New, New wow. Hampshire surprises me because... Live free or die. Except for your beer, apparently. Right. Yeah. Live free or die. I mean, come on. How about uh, 
Missouri, they're not showing you any utopias. Yeah, right. So the right. Bible Belt kind of states odd... don't surprise me, though. That doesn't surprise Oregon me. surprises me. Yeah, yeah. Or- Oregon surprises me. Yeah, I would think Oklahoma, the Wild West. Come on. Yeah, that surprises me. A little Have bit. you a utopia? Right. But just uh, kind of an interesting thing, I guess. Um, so it's a uh, uncharted territory um, with each each brew, according to Jim Cook. I mean. I and guess I guess it it's limited, like it's limited number, right? It's like limited supply. Yeah, they only, it's like 13,000 right. bottles or something. It's not that high of a number, right? It's, it's uh, you know, compared to like your average, I mean, how many millions, right. billions of right. you know, Bud Lights do they make? Or even but Sam I'm Adams. But I'm thinking Lager, for that like, cost, I guess it's a bit of a collector's novelty too. I mean, this these are like serious beer people that well, are buying this. Yeah, like, I mean, did you see the bottle that it comes in? No, it's like, it comes in that. a very... It's a really fancy sort of like, it looks like a brew kettle. It's made out of copper or whatever. Now, do people just maybe buy these and not even you drink them? Almost like a collector's item? Say they they uh, age them, probably. Hello hello and welcome to Beer Talk. Um, I'll be your host, Guido. And uh, currently in the beer fridge sitting behind me, I have a couple of beers that have been aging for like four or five years. Seriously? Do you drink them later on? I mean, what... Yeah, I'll drink them. Like, uh, there's a, a brewery called Founders uh, that makes oh, a, yeah, like, like an IPA. A, yeah, an all day. They make well, they make a Kentucky. Uh, yeah, they make the all day IPA, but they make a thing called Kentucky Breakfast Stout. They only release it once a year, and I usually buy it. And uh, it's a little more cost effective. It's like twenty four bucks. Well, I'll admit though, Guido, I didn't know you could really do that with beer. Yeah, like it beer. doesn't. Higher, uh, higher, uh, it doesn't kinda. get uh, bad. Yeah. I mean, at some point it probably does. Like, I don't think I would let it sit for like 30 years. I don't know. But, uh, you know. You have to keep it you know, refrigerated you, I, all the whole time. No, not all of them. Some of them you don't have to. You can let them be at room temperature. So, I mean, that, we could we could save this for the other podcast, Beer Talk with Guido and Johnson and Scoot. I mean, <laughs> Beer and water talk. Wet your whistle. Wet your whistle. <laughs> Wet your whistle. <laughs> it's our podcast where we talk about high-end water and beers. So... <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, thanks, Scoot. That that was fun, though. That was good. I like to learn a little bit. Well, I like talking about beer. Was, I feel like that was educational. I like to. I mean, bring things to light. It's better than like it's better than like some of the yeah. other ones you brought us, where people are killing right. themselves and poop and freezers. I mean, and this is much better. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, listen. Uh, we should probably wrap it up for the week. West Virginia loses to Oklahoma in a tough one, sixteen to thirteen. But we face, we move on, we continue going upward, and we face Texas Tech at home this weekend. It's a three thirty game on ESPN too, so definitely check it out. And don't forget, check us out. Find us online. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us there at Got Your Ears. You can also look for us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears on, and we have a great website that Johnson works very hard on. It's called GotYourEarsOn.com, so definitely check it out. Uh, and we'll be back next week with another show, guys. So, And also, don't forget, you can hit us up. Give us a call, 304-518-GYEO. Let us know what you're thinking. Try to make us laugh. Maybe you'll be on next week's show. You never know. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with another one. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. <laughs>